Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. <laughs> oh, would have been nice if we could have coordinated, but I guess. Well, it was last minute. I just, I just started hearing the music and got into it. Hello, and welcome to the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Seth. I'm Jenna. I'm Chris. And uh, on this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about Ahsoka, which uh, just ended. And um, so Jenna has made it all the way through. The rest of us have not, but we're getting close. But uh, we're not going to let that stop us diving right into the deep end. The and and uh, uncovering all that is uh, Ahsoka. So Jenna, I will let you take it away. So as a summary, it is uh, written by Dave Filoni for Disney+. Plus. It is part of the Star Wars franchise and a spinoff from the series The Mandalorian, taking place in the same time frame as that series and its other interconnected spinoffs after the events of Return of the Jedi, while also serving as a continuation to the animated series Star Wars Rebels that uh, went from 2014 to 2018. The series follows Ahsoka Tano as she investigates an emerging threat to the galaxy following the fall of the Empire. So if you watched Mandalorian Season 3, this occurs uh, pretty soon afterward. Um, as they do mention uh, in the Senate when General Hera is trying to argue certain points for the series that, uh, you know, they're trying to say the Empire is gone. And she's like, no, there's, there's rumors of Thrawn. The, who was a grand admiral in the uh, empire. And he's like, nah, 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 nah. Some of the people are deflecting saying just because of what happened in Mandalorian season three, uh, that was just a one-off. There is no collected effort for the empire, which if you've seen the newest star Wars trilogy, you know, that must not be true because eventually a new version of the empire takes hold. Yep. So, who here's familiar, uh, overly familiar, or who, who who here knows Thrawn? I don't. Only because we brought it up briefly before, but I don't know like all the deep details. But it's come up and, before. And we and about it. Ahsoka is in detail. Um, if we're going to get into Thrawn, uh, Ahsoka, for those who haven't seen Star Wars: Clone Wars or uh, Rebels, she was briefly, uh, well, I guess a few years isn't briefly, but she was Anakin Skywalker's Padawan during the Clone Wars. And eventually uh, she left the Jedi Order because she had been falsely accused of one of the bombings on the Jedi Temple. So uh, she left on her own terms, even though Anakin had fully supported her and she had been fully cleared of any wrongdoing. But she had been an extremely competent Jedi, um, beating Darth Maul even, who had been basically who came back to wreak havoc at one point in the series. Okay. And for those arguing that uh, this is not Star Wars, uh, they, this is all storylines that had been approved by George Lucas. Why are, they, why, why are this isn't not Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> like the only thing I can think when I'm watching it is 
holy shit, this is some good Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, right. This is the Star so Warsiest shit that ever Star Wars. What's their problem? Just because it's got a female main leads primarily? That wouldn't be surprising, would it? No, I mean... No. <laughs> like, what the, what the F do they think Star Wars is? I don't know. It... I mean, and, and David Filoni is such a great uh, storyteller... I think a lot of people may know his work but not realize it was him. He was uh, integral in shaping Avatar The Last Airbender. He was uh, with the creators and episodes for that. Okay. That's where I recognize his name from. Hmm. He's good. Like Avatar The Last Airbender. I know we'll never get Bill and Linda to watch it, but you guys. It's the original, not the I might, yeah. I might get into it when I retire. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't put the live action movie on them. I. You don't do that to friends, Jenna. <laughs> I've watched it. Uh, but we the love live action, action three or four times, and it still hasn't improved. Um, the live action, Chris, is what you're talking about. Wait, you've yeah, the live action it? is not not good. Yeah, how many times? There was like this vision that they could have made something happen with it and it just ended up being uh trash so uh but there there is a correction in the works i believe so yeah uh, we, we'll see how netflix does they have stay tuned for that really to see if netflix well. has the right uh sauce for it that netflix has been on the has had been on a bit of a streak lately so yeah well, it's easier for them they have all the algorithms that say what people want to see and they actually do what some of the content should just have in it. So, well, but anyways, Ahsoka, we're getting off track. So, here. Thrawn, Seth, you were going to describe the new villain in this series, Thrawn, and some of his backstory. So, Thrawn actually go. Uh, Thrawn is a throwback to the legacy, uh, legacy Star Wars content. Uh, the books that came out in the late eighties, early nineties and two thousands, uh, grand Admiral Thrawn, uh, was the main villain in the first big trilogy, the heir to the empire trilogy. And he was, he's a threat because he is, uh, one of the empire's secret weapons. Almost. He is a, tactician of almost unparalleled skill and that's kind of, that's the reason why uh, he's such a big deal in these is because he is really really good at what he does uh and we, there was a big excitement when disney brought him back in rebels i believe it was and we're like ooh thrawn because he's just a good villain. What's and what species is he? He is a chiss. Okay. Bill, it should be obvious. He's red eyes, red eyes, red eyes. I thought, he was a, I thought maybe he was Andorian. Oh God, no horns. So with Thrawn in this in this series, it's it's primarily uh, Ahsoka trying to unravel the mystery of whether or not he exists. I mean, I think we've seen it from the previous. So that we know what she's going to find, but. 
at the at the end of Star Wars Rebels, Thrawn is uh, outwitted somehow by a young Jedi named Ezra, defeated, and right. they both get blasted to another galaxy that no one knows, no one has directions to, and it's assumed they're all dead. But um, it turns out that someone who is a witch of Dathomir, which is another uh, you know throw to some of the comics and also the Clone Wars. Uh, she has been contacted by sisters who are, I should say, great mothers that are on the planet that Thrawn was eventually fell to. Um, and they are giving her directions on how to get to them. Because if he returns, then it will galvanize what is left of the Empire uh, behind him and they would have another war. It's almost guaranteed they would have another war. And that's what Ahsoka is trying to avoid. So she goes to her old Padawan, who she walked away from, who was a Mandalorian, that's Sabine Wren, and convinces her to come help her break the puzzle that is the map and, uh, you know, either destroy it or confirm whether or not Thrawn exists uh, before he can be brought back to this galaxy. Hijinks ensue. Uh, Sabine ultimately chooses to work with the enemy to get to Thrawn because she hopes Ezra is still alive. She considers him his only family left after she thinks Ahsoka is dead, which uh, leads to obviously worst case scenario, Thrawn returns by the end of the season. So it's a lot of Star Wars world building, uh, I think for some other seasons of other Disney Plus shows, uh, that's been a critique and I think it's a fair critique, but it's great Star Wars to get to that point. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it's I've legitimizing what you like what, I like seen what so I've seen so far yeah well the music is great the fight scenes are really well executed it's it's the live action really fast-paced fights that you'd love to see um that you would picture especially if you've ever read the comics or the books what Jedi's would be like um and then you see Hayden Christensen as the mm-hmm. Anakin Skywalker's force ghost coming into play nice and this is the first time I've actually liked Hayden Christensen as that's how a lot of people feel like i i he just like finally felt like he was really in the character of like what i would consider anakin skywalker hmm. is and we don't have to go deep deep down the rabbit hole do we do we feel like you know the the trilogy that was to paint the picture of anakin going from where he is to Darth Vader just moved him along too quickly enough that he didn't have, it didn't feel natural. He just went into this psychopathic thing and quite possibly never really dig into that character, you know? Uh, yeah. It depends on the Clone Wars, I would say. Like, they really depend on the Clone Wars to see his disillusion start yeah. with the Council. So with, without it, yeah, he just seems like some yeah, weird out-of-touch maniac. Like, this did more to portray him as falling to the dark side as the prequel trilogy did, I felt. Mm, okay. Because it showed him with that callousness that he was developing, even towards the cha- uh, the young Ahsoka. And mm-hmm. even though he was a force ghost, I think he, the, like the flashes of memory we see kind of... You, you like... Re- so in the original trilogy, like Darth Vader is a big dude. Like, yeah, and in this he actually looks 
like a big dude. But in the prequel trilogy, he still was really young and like he, is, he was yeah. fit and whatnot, but he was like a skinny guy. And this, I was like, yeah, man, that guy looks like he could he could actually become Darth Vader. Like you put the armor on him and he'd be about the right size. Yeah. Huh. So there's Jedi, Jedi Force ghosts that I've seen. Have we ever seen any Sith Force ghosts? I think the assumption is they wouldn't exist because they're chaos. Like they can't be, they can't surrender enough to the force. To be, you have to surrender to the force to be a force ghost is what I understood it to be. Yeah. Huh. I think the, the well, hmm, to kind of like there were, were all those like ghosty things with Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There was, yeah, there was that. I was trying to think of that and, um, Hmm. But were those ghosts or were those failed clones, his army of failed clones? I never took those as ghosts. I took those as, you know, shadows of other clones that have not worked. I I don't know. Like, they didn't explain that really well. They were just like, hey, Palpatine's back and he's hooked up to this machine and still all wrinkly and goblin-y. Did he survive or did he clone himself? We don't know. Uh, I mean, I took that as uh, like lots of cloning errors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Star Wars doesn't like, have some... a problem with cloning errors. They just clone. Doesn't mean they're perfect if they're trying to improve him because uh, part of the reason is, you know, they touch on this in The Mandalorian, and I thought there was some literature on this that he took midichlorians from Anakin Skywalker while he was being turned into Darth Vader and because he was hoping to use those for himself. So maybe him janking around with midichlorian count instead of doing a direct copy uh, leads to cloning errors. errors. I don't know. So we need a a science version of Star Wars to go into the details. Right. Interesting. Maybe next episode. (laughs) <laughs> next next but, next series of Star Wars should cover all the cloning aspects of it. There you go. Uh, no, generations of the Clone Wars. Oh wait. Generations of cloning. So so one thing on the combat. So I, I did I did sneak in uh you know the first 20, 30 minutes of the first episode. Um just to kind of get a feel of what they were working with. And I felt Jenna, you mentioned earlier, you know, fast-paced combat, but I feel like it's getting slower and slower. In these in these newer Star Wars films, it didn't feel fast at all. And I went back you and watched even the late episode. episode one, you know, and it was at least two x faster than what they're doing right now. It felt slow to me, and I had to go back and, and YouTube it, and it is slower. Huh. And what, and what, what specifically did you think was slower? Like Chris? saber, like saber combat and their movements is not as snappy as it used to be. And and I don't know if there's a reasoning behind that or or what. Because but they're basing it, it, it was actually slow. It's good combat, but it's not what I would consider fast pace versus what I've seen. Uh, that's because they're basing it uh, a lot more on actual sword styles now, rather than uh, uh, jet, a lightsaber foo that you see in competitions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I what? don't think that the first episode is a good illustration. When you see Balin, which is the primary Sith Lord that Ahsoka battles in the later episodes, like she's it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like 
you you watch the first uh, fight between Balin and Ahsoka, and it's just so cool to see the different sword forms that they're using and the actual realistic combat instead of just flipping around and they're actually acting like real swordsmen. And uh, hmm. there's even a there's even a uh, part in a later episode where you get one of those really sweet uh, samurai moments where they just stare at each other for 30 <laughs> seconds and then move and one of them is dead and one of them is or one of them's alive and the other one is falling over in half. <laughs> the the yeah, so I'm I'm going through looking at some of them and like I said, it's not a bad thing. It's just so previously, I guess I felt like there was a focus on, like you mentioned, you know, the flashiness of it. But you also got the sense that Jedi would use their their energy, right, the Force to move faster as well, and and they would have these. Think think of like even when what Yoda was fighting in, um, I forget which which episode one they had it, and he was fighting um, one of the other general guys at the time, and and it's this big flashy fight, and he's flipping all over the place. And so for a while there, I felt like that was a cool depiction of Jedi's when they start using the Force in combat, and you get these super fast powers or, or, or running speed and stuff like that. That was another thing. Uh, again, this is just this is a representative mm -hmm. of the whole series, but I, I always wonder, and we've talked about this before, inconsistencies and in when Jedi decides to use their powers versus not. So when the when the when the droids in the very beginning uh, decide to self destruct and she's running away from them. And it's like she's just taking a brisk jog uh, before she jumps on the ship. And it's like we've seen Jedi move hundreds of times faster than that. You know, they, they have ultra fast speed and then they don't use it. And that was just another example of that continuing. I'm like, oh, well, you could have gotten out of that blast radius fairly quickly. But then they don't. Uh, I don't know. I, I'd push back on that a little bit because I think in fighting they can move super fast. I don't think they're built for distance that way because all the scenes where Anakin and Obi-Wan are running in the prequel, they're not running at super speeds. They, so they, have, they have they have literally vanished in front of those uh, Seth, what do you call those crazy droids with the shields on them? The droids the cars. Droid the cars. In the very beginning of episode one, they're fighting some, and they end up like lightning fast, zip out of the way when they realize it's a stalemate. They can't, they can't win that fight, and they, they continue to present examples of that through earlier movies, and then you just don't, you don't get it. I mean, sure, we get the nuance of distance running, but that's an assumption on our part. There's nothing that establishes that. Well, well, uh, to your point, Chris, Jedi speed is a uh, an actual Jedi ability and one that is available to both light and dark side users. Uh, it is a short ability, though, uh, that only results in a brief burst of speed. Still, uh, could have could have seen it, and we didn't we didn't see it. You're running away from an explosion. To Jenna's point, she wasn't really running to escape the blast so much as to get to her ship, and she ran exactly to where she needed to get on her ship. Which is, I think... No, no, I think there's an actual point to that, in that uh, Ahsoka kind of moves with, or has an efficiency to her movements at all times. She yes. doesn't do things she doesn't need to do. And that's kind of a even uh, that also goes back to kind of the the sword styles that we see her using. And many of those emphasize exactly on efficiency of movement 
not, yeah, not doing no, no wasted energy. Yeah, you do get not, the sense she's heavily driven by the force in that way. Yeah, you will never. I don't think I've ever seen her just like doing the kind of stuff with her lightsabers. Mm -hmm. When she strikes, she's either going for a direct hit or she's blocking. There's mm -hmm. not. I don't really see her doing that blippy, uh, bouncing all over the place style. She, uh, she's she got kind of a style that it's a stand your ground. Yeah. And, to, sorry, Jenna. Nope, nope. And I was going to say, and, you know, we, we want to get hung up on how fast they're running. The amount of force use I thought was really cool in this series. Like, this is mature Jedi... Um, you know, using the force to shove, using the force in combat with other force users. Like, it's a lot of force using, like, mm -hmm. to the prequel series. Yeah, and yeah. I'll, yeah, back towards another one of Chris's point, or something you were talking about, but I've forgotten what now. Uh, uh, a, an actual trained Jedi like Ahsoka has been trained to... Uh, kind of keep her force sense on all the time. Uh, I can't remember what they actually call it, but uh, they have a, what they call a sphere of influence that's just like mm -hmm. how far out a Jedi can sense things perfectly. And this show, I thought, like, they never come out and say it, but it, I and I might be reading this in, but I really got the sense that that was the fight between... Uh, uh, that was involved in some of the fights between Ahsoka and the various enemies she faces is that she's using the force to know exactly when they're going to move so that she can react first. And that is really cool because that's actual sword fighting. Like professional sword fighters will like in the moment when they're in the fight, they study each other, watching each other's not sword, but other muscles for movements to indicate when and where they'll strike so that they can go first. And whoever shows up, whoever gives it away first is the loser. Hmm. And that I think is what the Jedi are doing in this. That's very cool. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's good. Again, the, the style is, the style is fine. I just, it, it felt slower, but it's also appreciated though, because there is more behind it. There's more substance. The, the previous Star Wars films, you'd go back and sometimes you'd replay it five times to see exactly what a move was. And there was some coolness factor to that. And then there was also like, well, I don't know if that was Kung Fu, Jiu Jitsu, Taekwondo, like well, what happened there? I mean, uh, if you look at the original trilogy, there wasn't really swordsmanship. It was just like the two yeah. people like slamming their weapons into each other. Like, <laughs> It was. Yeah. It was. And then and then when they went and they did this the the prequel trilogy, I felt like they went maybe, maybe they went too far, right? That they had these flashy scenes. It was a lot of waving around. You had the epic Darth Maul fight. You know, mm -hmm. you had all these things, but that was that was heavily choreographed. You're right. There was a lot of movement, not a lot of striking necessarily. Well, until you had the the Qui-Gon and, and Obi-Wan battle versus Darth Maul. That was pretty sweet. Um, you know, those are kind of things that I go back and think about. And in recent ones, um, yeah, it's just gotten to be more um, succinct, more effort into the, that combat. It's more direct. It's well, more like, I mean, it's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. 
Also, rem- remember that uh, Star Wars was very heavily inspired by Japanese cinema. Uh, Kurosaka? Kurosawa? Kurosawa films. Uh, I believe that... Uh, I think I'm remembering correctly in that... Uh, uh, Sp- not Spielberg. Oh, God. Lucas? Lucas, yeah. Lucas was heavily inspired by a very specific samurai movie. And, like, Darth Vader's armor was, like, samurai-inspired. And the Jedi were samurai-inspired. So I don't think it's strange to see them going back to, like, a source material and giving them more uh, Japanese and samurai-inspired sword styles. So I mean... Go ahead, Chris. Go finish your finish your point. I was going to take us another direction here, real quick. I think the point is there. It's really rich what they built. I think the mm-hmm. criticism that it was too simple or too much of a set I like a setup for a bigger bad than even Thrawn, because by the the end of the series, like you have this great Sith character, Balin Skull, who leaves his apprentice to go follow some calling, some power on the planet that is like calling to him, mm-hmm. uh, which seems like it could be a bigger deal than what hints to be a bigger deal than even Thrawn. So what is that going to be? Um, I have an idea. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have ideas and it is a buzz. So it's, I think you can appreciate it as looping in a lot of Star Wars animation, Star Wars lore, like great touches on these characters. The actors did a fantastic, super fantastic. I loved Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. And it's really too bad that the actor who played Balin Skull ended up dying um, after the season was filmed. So I don't know what they're going to do to replace him. That's pretty sad. Um, Yeah. I also, I I really liked all the characters, like Sabine and uh, General... Heska, yeah, the the general, uh, her her adopted son. They somehow made like green cartoon hair look good on a person. Uh, It's not adopted. I think that's her actual son. I I don't. Would that have been her son? That was the son of the the other Jedi from Rebels who died, though. Yeah. I don't know anything about how in Twi'lek, Twi'leks, uh, ha- I, I, I don't know what the crossbreeding thing is with them. So, <laughs> green hair? Is uh, it the resulting green hair? Is that what it is? Yeah, so- Jason was born to Hera and Jedi Knight, Canon oh. Jarrus. I did not know that. Crazy. Relationship. Taras died in Lothar just sac- rescuing Hera and sacrificing himself, allowing his fellow rebels to escape. So, two questions. Mm-hmm. One, if we liked all the characters, does that mean there's no designated Jar Jar Binks in this series? There's no goofy kid person that nobody likes? Oh, no. They, they, <laughs> it's, they have it? Because it seems to be a Star Wars. Thing. They worked it in. They okay. worked it all in. Right. Fair enough. I'll, wait to, I'll wait to find out who, what, that is. Uh, the they, second they, one is how did we feel the storyline moved along? 
really we've good. had some we've had some wins and losses i think in recent ones compare mandalorian to the 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 book book of Bob, boba fett boba fett yeah oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you had some wins and some that maybe were considered losses um, do we feel like ah- Ahsoka's back on the winning side of here in terms of the storyline and where they're going with it? Very much. Other than big like it. It. <laughs> Yeah, I, we're about, I think Lynn and I are about at least halfway through, and I we yeah. really like it so far. I think it's good. So, Chris, I can't even play video games while I'm watching this. I have to focus on it completely. Ooh. Oh, that does make it hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, interesting. So, Jen, sorry, I, I was going to ask Jenna a question. Really okay, Jenna, have you noticed like some of the scenes, all mo- like the colors and whatnot, almost look like they're evoking bits from Rebels, like the animated style from Rebels? Oh yeah, like yeah, they are. How well they blend from being cartoon Rebels almost into real life. Like they the did a lot of great callbacks. Yeah, they did a lot of great callbacks, um, especially when you get to the big uh, hint at the end that they're going to involve other major Force characters from Star Wars um, and what that's going to do. I mean, the unfortunate thing is we all know it's going to go to hell. Like, the most recent Star Wars trilogy tells us that the Empire gains control again under a new, under, like, Snoke and a new... Yeah. Other bodies. So even if Thrawn was not there by the time we see Ray and you know Kylo and all this stuff, um, unfortunately, as much as we love all these characters and things, it's like we can only hope that Boba Fett's territory remains untouched. We can only, well, even then, that's going to be questionable. Like it's, we just have to wonder how bad is it going to be for all these characters and wins that we are enjoying? Like they're going to fall at some point. Uh, if, if, as you, like, uh, you're kind of saying that Thrawn does indeed return at the end, uh, that's, uh, if it's anywhere close to the Heir to the Empire trilogy, it's gonna be a real big war, and there's gonna be some real bad shit going down. Well, and, I, and I'd like to see that because it opens up that, that avenue for that additional content, right? This is, this is the next generation of you know, us getting to see what the the next war looks like, right? Here we are tons of years later and the Empire's still around and here's the next big baddie and there's going to have to be this rebellion. They're going to have to rise up and and fight. Who are the heroes? You know, we're we're moving in, we're moving away from the Skywalker saga, right? We're we're moving uh, on to whoever the new heroes are going to be, whether that's uh, with Ahsoka or, or others in the future. So that, that makes it pretty interesting to me. New well, baddies, new heroes. Well, actually, Chris, we might be going directly back into the Skywalker bullshit. Oh, God damn it. Because if, like, if Thrawn's returning, like, Luke is a part of the galaxy at this point, and he's Still. working on refounding the Jedi Order at this very time, and that early refounded Jedi Order would be part of whatever conflict is coming. Do you think they would deviate from that? Like that they feel that they've like Disney and the franchise are done with Luke, or do you think they're looking for ways? Oh, they're not to done with Luke. They just he was just in the Mandalorian. I know, which was which was weird to me, but I also was wondering, you know, was that just a 
a tribute or a way to attract people to the Mandalorian, or are they looking to like, hey, we can just CG him in for the next hundred years? Like, uh, I don't think he Star Wars movies. I don't think he will will be a major part of the next series or whatever happens, but I think yeah, there will be like we'll see Luke come in and be do like superhero shit because he's still the strongest Jedi out there. Yeah. Uh, and... I mean, it would be interesting to see his sister too. Like, are we going to get more of her training the days that he did it and got her to, getting her to that point where she had her own lightsaber and is she going to fight as a near Jedi in all of this? Like, I, are we going to see Leia the mom, like with a baby, mm-hmm. trying to deal with all of this? I mean, and again, it gets to don't get too attached to any of Luke's students, since we know his nephew's going to murder them all. Right. Like, it's a um, huge cloud looming over all of this that we're watching. Yeah, so, I mean, by the time we get to the the most recent trilogy, we're still really low on like active Jedi in the galaxy. So, like, where is Ahsoka at the time of the new trilogy? Like, th those are questions that I think we're all interested in. Yeah. So, one so, thing I noticed real quick was lightsaber design. Have we seen sabers designed like Ahsoka's in prior Star Wars films? Or were mm -hmm. they all pretty much the same, similar in terms of uh, their, their cylinder design versus her more actual sword katana like design on the hilt uh there's all sorts of like lightsaber design has always been extremely varied uh at least ever since maul really came on the scene well even malls though was two two cylindrical ones kind of put together and hers are hers are slightly different in design it feels like and I don't, I don't know that I've seen that in portrayed in other films. She's got, she's got a lot more narrow hilt, easier, yes. to, easier to wield. Well, yeah, like I said, like it's back down to the them uh, being heavily inspired by Japanese sword styles. Like if you look at her yeah, long her blade, there, like blade hilts. Yeah, they, and obviously, like lightsaber fighting is sword fighting so what works in sword fighting would also work in lightsaber fighting yeah and, like, and that, it, that makes sense it's just it's it's good to see it and i don't uh -huh. know that i've seen it historically portrayed in, portrayed anywhere it was a bunch of different versions of similar looking hilts and hers and this look noticeably different than than others that was something even i noticed watching the first few minutes well i mean okay so look uh, can we pull up a picture of balan really quick <laughs> well, doesn't she eventually go to curved lightsaber design hilt? And hers are kind of curved in this. They are because it looks straight. It's also, not a. I haven't seen that. Before. I think her Tonta, I understand that Jedi have her own kind of customized ones. I'm just saying historically, I've not seen it portrayed that way. But so uh, here, here's kind of what I'd like to point out is like we uh, when we eventually see Balon, this will be a bit more apparent. But Balon's like whole design is almost medieval knight. Yeah. And you can see that a little bit in his like sword fighting style as well. Zoka's uh, whole aesthetic is almost Ronin wandering samurai. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that might be a little of what they're going for here is like there's <clears throat> different kinds of knights. Uh, like... Mm -hmm. 
like part of the Jedi Knights are are kind of inspired by like knights, like knights in armor with a sword, and that's kind of the general lightsaber style is that one-handed broadsword kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And how they fought with them for quite a while. And then we started seeing people with two. And now they're actually really bringing in uh, bringing in actual sword styles that aren't wholly invented for lightsabers. And you see, like, I take Balin and, and even his apprentices garb is that they're not expecting to experience many Jedi. They got to armor against blasters. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that's more Mandalorian-like because they're dealing with blasters, not actual other Jedis for the most part. Like, I think if you want to get real about it, probably Ahsoka is the first Jedi he's seen in decades. Or anyone who would wield a saber-type weapon. Right. Uh, well, they do... Uh, oh, God, what did he call them? A hedge Jedi? Uh, yes. At one point, we referred to uh, Jedi like Ezra as hedge Jedi, who'd been trained outside the temple, and that's what he'd consider Luke to be too, probably. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so both of these are Jedi who came, were trained, and came from the temple, and that's a little bit uh, interesting. Uh, seeing their fight and like their actual conflict, uh, Balon is less cacklingly evil than most Sith we come across, and he probably wouldn't even describe himself as Sith. Yeah, I mean, he's just someone who keeps talking about breaking the cycle of good to bad to good to bad so that it's just the Force. So that will be interesting to see if that's where Obi-Wan picks up, or um, no, because they can't do that. Obi-Wan's before that. Yeah, they got to be really careful about their timelines and how they're doing all of this. They need to be much more clear as they do the next series where it falls. Yeah, agreed. So all in all, how are we feeling about it? Pretty great? Thumbs yeah. Up. So far. Yeah, I can't wait to watch the last episode. Yeah, me either. Try to get that and done. If, if Thrawn is coming back, I'm really looking forward to the next what comes next because like, yeah That's like, for, it. All, for all that it's called Star Wars we don't it's usually focused on a small group of people uh, doing a small thing like even in the Clone Wars we didn't see a lot of wars but not with Thrawn coming back maybe we'll see some space battles that'd be cool yeah I mean that's you can open to. I mean, that that is the next group they need to cater to. I think the people who want to see the spaceships go pew pew. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. let's go. Spe- hey, speaking of spaceships going pew pew, I got a quick question for Chris. Have you seen any of the not very short enough treks on YouTube yet? I have not. They have they have these very short treks out on YouTube for Star Trek. And in my opinion, they're not short enough. Yes. <laughs> very short, short treks. Yeah, very short treks. Very short treks, and they got about six of them out. Don't waste your they're, time. They're animated, but they're stupid as shit. 
sad day. Oh, well, for starters, they're animated, so they're stupid as shit. No, but I mean, <laughs> not all the animation's bad. I mean, I like I like Prodigy and Lower Decks is good, but this is just horrid. Main, really. What is? So then I guess we're gonna have to wait for the next series to see if they give us some ship battles. Yeah, what's that, Chris? The F is this. Right, that's what I said. (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. If you're out there, check out Ahsoka if you haven't seen it already, and uh, hopefully uh, we won't have to wait too long for the second season of Ahsoka now that the writer strike is over. Um, Yep. But uh, and uh, if you're a Star Trek fan, uh, don't check out very short tracks. Um, <laughs> burn, burn. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my sum. I want to hear your uh, opinion, Chris. After you see it, maybe next up, maybe next time uh, we talk about Star Trek, we can delve. Already skipping through an episode, and I do not like, but I will watch it. And I will send. It <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you know, jump down into the comments. Let us know what you thought of uh, Ahsoka. If you watched the whole thing, um, or uh, if you didn't watch it, let us know. Uh, why you decided not to watch it or maybe why you stopped watching it and uh, we will catch you on the flip-flop next time we're going to be talking about uh, halloween spooky stuff because it's october and we want to talk about what's going on around town for halloween all right all right catch you all later thanks for tuning in (laughs) bye-bye Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.